What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa, and today I have an outstanding interview in store for you guys. Joining me on the show today is a minor league pitcher who first came onto the scene at the University of Maryland. While there, he earned honors such as 2021 Perfect Game Preseason Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, 2021 Perfect Game Preseason All Big Ten, and 2020 Collegiate Baseball Freshman All-American. Those accolades combined with his stellar performance on the field led Chicago to take him with the 96th pick in the 2021 MLB draft. Hailing from Sutton, Massachusetts, please welcome to the show, Sean Burke. All right, we're here with Sean Burke right now, uh, minor league pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. Sean, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. I am really psyched to have you on today, man. You know, I was, you know, I've been trying to get an, uh, an interview like this in for some time now, uh, you know, after seeing the success that you've had at the University of Maryland and now getting drafted to the uh, getting getting drafted in the big leagues. This was definitely something I wanted to get done. Uh, shout out to Coach E for kind of putting this thing together yeah. and uh, getting this thing going. Yeah, definitely. He's the homie. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been uh, I've been doing some social media work for him over the summer. So kind of running his uh -huh. Instagram, doing some things like that. And okay. it was a it was a nice way to get this connection going. And I'm mm -hmm. really glad to get you on today. Uh, the first thing that I have to ask you, you know, obviously, you know, being a, you know, getting to this level of, of mm -hmm. baseball in your life, I'll kind of take it back a little bit. I, I want to ask you, like, how did you kind of get started with this? And, you know, before we do that, actually, you know, I'll have you kind of tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm me and Brian, actually, we grew up in the same town, uh, went to the same kind of elementary school, middle school. I ended up going to a different high school, but, um, you know, still, you know, from the same area, from the same you know, group of people grew up his brother plays for the travel team that I played for growing up um so you know a lot of connections and uh I basically just started I was young I was probably four four years old maybe when I started playing baseball and mm -hmm. uh, that for me that was just something that stuck always you know I played obviously you know Brian soccer is a big thing in Sutton so I played soccer Huge. I played basketball um but I mean baseball was always just a thing that stuck for me so that was the thing I knew probably from I want to say maybe, you know, eight, nine years old, that was like, you know, this is what I want to do. And I was fortunate enough to, to have some God-given ability and, and work hard to, you know, get to the point where I'm at now. So for me, it's just trying to make the most out of my opportunities. God-given God -given ability, absolutely. I mean, you're like, what, six foot six? Yeah, about six, six, yep. That's, for, that's insane, dude. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, you know, one of the things I was, uh, you know, I, I was thinking back about, you know, obviously, you know, we're from, we grew up in the same town, kind of went mm -hmm. to, you know, like same kind of schools growing up. One mm -hmm. memory I kind of have uh, of you when we were kind of playing baseball, you know, in our earlier years, I actually around fifth grade took baseball off. I, you know, I just couldn't hit anything. And I mm -hmm. eventually <laughs> probably eventually was probably because I realized that I needed glasses and I just yeah. didn't know that at the time. <laughs> but uh, but I was like, man, I just can't hit anything. So around fifth mm -hmm. grade, I quit, came back a year later. But in that year off, I remember I'm at one of my brother's like Little League kind of games where, mm -hmm. you know, up at we're up at Huff Road and all yeah. of a sudden. I hear something that either sounds like a gunshot or an explosion. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm just like, what the heck is that? And I just go down to the, I go down to the lower field and I'm, and I'm just like asking parents, I'm like, are you hearing this? And they're like, oh yeah, Sean's, uh, Sean's pitching. <laughs> and, and it was basically you just absolutely breaking some kid's hand behind on plate. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, and part, part of me was like, do I want to go back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah do i want to do this again I, I, yeah. I was like you gotta be kidding me but no i was like 
that was, you know, that was, uh, that was something I remember kind of growing up with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of playing in those, in those leagues. And uh, yeah. eventually you did go on to uh, go to St. John's high and do mm-hmm. some things from there. Uh, but, you know, you know, kind of going off that when, uh, when you were kind of growing up and you ended up going up when you ended up going over, you know, throughout your, you know, early childhood, were there kind of any mentors that you kind of had, you know, specifically? For me, it was probably just my coaches, honestly. I, I, I was, um, so when I played for my little league team, you know, like our Calvary and all-star team, I, my dad was a coach. Yeah. You know, I had you know, Justin Carter as a coach, Brian Heber as a coach, those guys, that was pretty much who I grew up on. It was, you know, doing stuff with them for baseball. And that was, you know, those were my guys growing up. And, you know, as I got older, I, you know, I met Coach E and that became someone I, I really trusted and I really had a good relationship with. And from there on, it was college coaches. And now, you know, I'm looking to develop that relationship with a pro coach. So for me, it's just, you know, meeting new people on the way and, and taking bits and pieces from everybody. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, I'd say probably Coach E is probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Now, Coach E has been absolutely great. I mean, I never played for him, you know, on a team, mm-hmm. but, you know, just seeing what he brings to the table, you know, with mm-hmm. with all his athletes, it really is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Another name you another name you mentioned there was uh, Justin Carter, you know, yep. one of my all time favorites, just, uh, uh-huh. you know, I, I have so many memories about playing for him, like just one season. And I, I ended up going to like, he was playing in a he was coaching a a Douglas senior Ruth, like, you know, yeah. championship game. I went uh, down to go see him. He gave me like a big bear hug. And I was like, I was yeah. like coach, how you doing? He's, yeah, he's, he's always, awesome. Yeah. He's a great uh, one as that's well. One of my, that's one of my dad's good friends. And he's still, we still hang out with him a good amount. I, I give him some Maryland stuff. I'll have to give him some White Sox stuff to go put up in his house. But yeah, he's an awesome dude. That's awesome. That's, mm-hmm. that's great to hear. No. So, you know, kind of going off that, you know, you did end up going over and, you know, you, you eventually ended up leaving Sutton and you ended up going to mm-hmm. St. John's did your kind of thing there towards the end of your high school career. You know, you had a tremendous career all throughout, mm-hmm. uh, you know, towards the end though, you know, I believe it was going into playoffs or something of that, like towards yep. your senior year, you ended up, te- you ended up, was it your UCL you ended up tearing or what yep. exactly? Yeah. Yeah. So, UCL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you ended up tearing your UCL required Tommy John surgery, you know, you know, you're about to, you know, you've already committed to Maryland at this point, mm-hmm. you're getting ready to do all that what was it like finding out that you had kind of torn your arm? I think the first week of it was tough, obviously, you know, cause that was the first time I've, I've been injured, like really injured in my life and like forced mm-hmm. to miss time. Yeah. So that was hard. Um, I thought, you know, kind of head into that year I was dealing with, I didn't really deal with just like, there was a lot going into that year. It's like, you know, your senior year, you're supposed to be like, you know, one of the best guys around in the state. And it's like, okay, you got, you're the guy this year, you're the oldest guy. And, you know, going through, I kind of went through the draft process a little bit in high school. Um, I think in the back of my mind, I knew I was probably going to go to school anyway, go to Maryland. Um, but kind of just having that as always in the back of your head a little bit that I think that kind of consumed me my senior year instead of just trying to, you know, go and have fun with my friends. It was more about, you know, trying to do all to impress scouts and stuff like that. And I think that, you know, this time around at Maryland, it was, not like that. You know, I was just going out to compete and have fun. And I think that's why I was ultimately able to have a pretty solid year. And it was a much more enjoyable year for me. Uh, but I think that having that year off taught me a lot. I think that was a good opportunity for me to get stronger, gain some weight, learn a lot about, you know, the college game and what goes on at that level and pretty much just take everything in for a year before I had to go out and perform. Yeah. You know, kind of, when did, when did you know, like, when did, when did you know that you had, you know, torn, you know, torn your UCL, like when, mm-hmm. like was, what were you pitching in a game? Was it a practice? Yeah. 
Yeah, so it was a game. It was um, I'd say the seventh inning of a game. I was playing Algonquin. I was pitching. Oh, wow. I uh, yeah, I was like about to throw a shutout, and it was I think maybe one out in the seventh inning. I threw threw a slider, and I felt something kind of pull on my forearm, and it wasn't really like a painful thing. So I was, I was you know that what well, felt a little bit weird, but at the time, like I said, like there's you know there's. 10, 12 scouts of the game, and I don't want to just pull myself off the mat. I'm like, something's wrong. So, yeah, I I threw a pitch, felt it a little bit. Uh, it was a slide, I think, for a ball. And then, you know, obviously, I'm like, okay, that didn't really feel like normal. Threw yeah. the next pitch, threw a fastball, struck it on a fastball. I was like, oh, that felt good again. Like, maybe it was just like one weird thing with a pitch. And then, yeah, um, I was like, I guess if could have been uh, fatigue and your yeah, mind maybe too. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, I guess if my arm's really messed up, like I'll feel it on the next pitch. So yeah. I threw the next pitch. It didn't really feel great again. And uh, I kind of just walked off the mat. I was like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. So yeah. that was kind of that, how that unfolded. And then I got an MRI that, that next day. And uh, after that, I think it took a day or so. Maybe that afternoon I found out that I had, I had a partial tear in it actually. Uh, I didn't okay. fully tear it, but it was like a, you know, a ninety percent partial tear. So okay, yeah. it was one of those things where you, you're going to need surgery anyway. Mm. Yeah, so, no. So I don't know if this was the case. Did you end up playing like you know first base or something after that? Because I remember hearing something that you were like that you were like playing like in the field after that. Was that true or no? I so I DH'd after that. I don't know <laughs> if I ever played. I I remember in practice I was I was taking some reps at first base just because we had. um some other guy like the way the lineup worked it was like if i played the field we could get another really good bat in there so we, we kind of tried to figure it out i don't know if i ever played first i can't really remember that honestly i i did hit though for the rest of the season i didn't get the surgery till i pushed it back as long as i could to like you know so i could play a little bit more my senior year because yeah. i know at that point i was probably gonna miss my freshman year anyway of college mm -hmm. so uh, i got the surgery in june so i think i got the surgery right before playoffs started i want to say okay. um but yeah, and it got the surgery June 5th and was out till the next July. And then after that, I was, you know, back 100% felt really good. Yeah. And kind of, you know, went when you went under the knife and kind of, you know, came out from, you know, came out and we're trying to rehab. What was <laughs> that? What was that kind of a whole rehab process like? Like what, what were some, what did you kind of have to, you know, kind of endure while doing that? It was just, you know when you're rehabbing something especially for that long it's not always going to be like a linear path of uh, like i'm feeling better and better and better each day it's you know you have some days where you feel really good and you have some days where you don't feel good and then you have some days again where you're like oh, i feel all right but not great and it's it's kind of just a lot of back and forth and it's a long process i mean especially with tommy john with the being a year recovery it's like you got to kind of stay for the grind and you got to you got to take each day for as it comes and not bot, uh, like kind of look too much into how you're feeling every single day it's more just you know i got my work in today I'm, I'm i know that you know i might not feel great today but tomorrow's a new day and i can kind of get back after it tomorrow so that was my mindset going into it and like i said before just learning a lot from the guys i'm around learning how to get my body into the condition i want it to be getting you know learning about how I want my body to move how i want my pitches to move what my pitches do different stuff like that, just going through the rehab process, just really learning more about yourself. I think that was the biggest thing for me. And that's why I, if, I mean, there's not too much, you know, like data or statistics on like how I threw in high school, but if you were to look at how I pitched in high school and how I pitched in college, it's, it's pretty different. And I, I feel like knowing myself and knowing what stuff does and having some help with coaches and guys here and there 
point me in the right direction. Uh, that was something that really turned my my career forward for a good, you know, in a, in a good way. I think that without that, it might not have gone the way it did just because, you know, if I had to pitch my freshman year, I don't learn all that stuff. I don't have a year to take stuff in. And, you know, I, I like to look at it as a blessing in disguise too. So I, I try to be more positive about it than, than dwell on it. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty interesting way, way to look at it. I will give you that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I've had some, I've had some friends in my life that have dealt with some injuries and, you know, it's been very grueling for them to get back from it. So kind of hearing someone, mm -hmm. you know, describe it like that is actually kind of a really interesting take. I, yeah. I, I really do like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when you ended up, when you did end up going to Maryland, obviously you, you had to redshirt your freshman year, just, mm -hmm. you know, based off injury and everything like that. Uh, you know, kind of going back into the high school period of it, when did you first, you know, I'll ask you, when did you first realize that you could, you know, when did you wanted it, mm. you know, kind of occur to you that you could go D1 and then, mm. and then during the rehab process, when did it, when did it uh, occur to you again? Okay. I'm back and I can now compete again at this level. Mm -hmm. uh, it probably, it was early probably. I think I probably knew I could play this game for a while when I was seven years old, maybe. Uh, I think mm -hmm. that, when I was when I was seven, you know, me like you know, you've been the Huff, right? Like me, yeah. Me and my dad would go there, and we would we would take BP all the time on the weekends when he wouldn't work. And when I was seven, I hit my first home run at Huff and BP, and my dad was like, "Oh my god!" Like you hit a home run. I was seven years old, so I think once that point happened, my dad kind of realized, like, okay, this he's probably a, a little bit better than the average player here. And from there, like I said, it was just it was just enjoying the game and working at it, and. You know, yeah. I knew from an early age that like this is what I want to do and I put all my all my eggs in that basket and you know I knew from an early age I had the potential to, to take this game a long way and you know, that's what I ended up doing mm -hmm. and then obviously you know when when the injury did occur you know mm -hmm. obviously you know for luckily Tommy John surgery at this point is a surgery that's you know been perfected to enough yeah. cases where you know, it's, you know, basically something, you know, unfortunately that is routine for many pitchers now at this point, yeah. like almost any guy, you know, in the league at this point gets it just, you know, mm -hmm. based off, you know, time and just the way people throw now, mm -hmm. you know, obviously, you know, rehabbing that's, that's a little more comforting, but you know, when, when you're not really able to throw as fast when, you know, obviously, you know, have to go through that whole rehab process. Mm -hmm. When were you kind of able to say, all right, I'm back. Like I feel 100% and I could, yeah. go, I could go tomorrow. It, it took a little bit, honestly, I thought, so they tell you it's like a year of rehab, but yeah. when I was, when I was got to the year point, I was throwing live. I, I faced Patrick actually in a couple of live sessions and you were telling um, me, he was telling me about that. Yeah. And I think the, there I was not back to where I normally was. Like my fastball is probably, you know, 87, 89. Um, and it, it felt good though, which was, I was happy about why I wasn't really throwing that hard and the stuff was okay. It wasn't unbelievable. It was okay. And I took, I ended up taking about six weeks off in July and kind of just training, getting stronger, gaining some weight, you know, moving a little bit better. And as soon as I picked the ball back up and started throwing again and off the mound, my first time off the mound at Maryland, I was like 92, 94 again. So I think that at that point I was like, okay, like I'm back, I'm good. I'm good to go. And I'm, I feel good again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you ended up, you know, when you first stepped on the mound, uh, you know, go compete again, you know, against like, mm -hmm. you know, actual live batters was, were there, were there kind of, uh, some nerves in that where, where you were like, I don't know if, I don't know, ho hopefully my arm is back to 100%. Hopefully mm -hmm. I can compete. Like, what was that kind of like the first time you faced live hitting again? Or like Yeah. So I think I wasn't really worried about my arm, like health wise at all. Uh, that came a little bit 
you know, as soon as you start throwing again, obviously you're like, oh, I don't want to mess my arm up again. So that was a little bit mm-hmm. not, not scary, but you know, like you're a little bit anxious or, you know, kind of nervous about how it's going to feel when you start throwing. But, you know, once I got back on the mound against hitters, it wasn't really, I wasn't really concerned about that, but I thought that since it was the first time thrown in college more so that was more, you know, my focus, like, Oh, I'm facing college hitters for the first time. Like let's, that was what my kind of excitement was about. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, the first time I threw in the fall for the first time in a, in a inner squad and that moment I was kind of amped up for, but you know, after that, I kind of settled in and went back again for the first game in the spring. Uh, that game I was pretty pumped up for, but every game you're, you're pumped up for, you pitch because you, you know, you're playing once a week, so you got to get your money's worth. Yeah, no, that's that mm-hmm. is true. You got you really do have to, you know, mm-hmm. basically get any, any anything you can. Yeah. You know, when when you know when you were going through the whole you know college you know recruitment process, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. how many other schools were interested in you at the time. But, uh, you know, when it, when it came down to it, you know, obviously, obviously you, you did end up going to Maryland, you competed there. What really, yeah. what was the, uh, why, why, what did, uh, what originally got you to commit, commit there? So for me going into the process, I wanted to get, you know, a good business school. I wanted mm-hmm. to get a good, you know, a bigger, good social life school. I just wasn't fun. Yeah. Um, and the school has a little bit further away, but not crazy far away. So for me, Maryland checked all those boxes and, you know, the, I fell in love with the coaches there. I actually didn't play for the coaches I committed to. Um, oh. I, I committed to, to John Chef and Ryan Fecto. They're the coaches now at Virginia Tech, but mm-hmm. I committed to Maryland when they were the coaches there. Um, but I was fortunate enough for when they left, the hitting coach from Maryland took over the head coach job. And he, he did a great job. So I, you know, I had no issues with him at all. He was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he's doing a good job. So. You know, that was, for me at least, what – and, you know, you visit there too and you kind of just know, like, this feels right. This feels like a place I would go. Yeah. Um, just kind of walking on campus. I, I just kind of got a good vibe from it. And you know, after that, went home. I think I visited there in maybe July or August, and then I committed in October of my junior year. So nice. um, went down and visited, got an offer a couple of weeks later, and then sat on it for a couple of weeks, kind of made my decisions. and you know, they committed there. That's awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to commit, you know, and talk in October of your junior year is crazy. I had no, I had no idea what school I would even be going to come, mm-hmm. come that point. I, I don't even think I knew where that I was going to Bryant until probably April of my senior year. I was like, yeah. so up in the air and mm-hmm. to, to make a decision that early, that's gotta be, you know, crazy at that, at, you know, you were what, 16 years old when you made that decision? Yeah, I was 16. Yeah, I, I knew where I was going to college before I could drive. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> uh-huh. That is crazy. I mean, that, that's got to be pretty stressful, right? Oh, yeah. No, the recruiting process is stressful because you, you you get some coaches, too, that don't that don't handle the best. Where, like, it wasn't even as stressful with guys calling you, I guess, until – so, like, the recruiting rules is until September 1st, coaches can't call you of yeah. your junior year, September 1st, your junior year. I'm not sure if that's changed now. I'm not, I don't I know th- if the rules I, have been different. I think they moved it back to sometime in July of like, you know, that sophomore and a junior. I may be yeah. wrong though. Um, but yeah, there's there's that certain cutoff date where coaches are allowed to call you first and not you have to call them first. So mm-hmm. um, once that hit my junior year in September, things got a little bit more stressful just because they could call you whenever you wanted, whenever they wanted. And, you know, you had a bunch of coaches just hitting your line all day, but um 
I thought that after you commit and you kind of call every other coach and like, Hey, like, I'm sorry. I, I decided to commit to, you know, Maryland. Uh, there's some guys that don't handle it the best, but that is what it is at the end of the day. That's, that's, that's pretty crazy. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously you had a, obviously you had a great career over at Maryland. Mm -hmm. Uh, if there had to be any, you know, specific favorite memories that you had there, what were, what would some of those be? Man, um, they're definitely off the field, I bet. I mean, yeah, you know, I think in general, just the the whole vibe of like waking up Friday morning, going to lift at 6 a.m. Like everybody's like, ah, oh, it's like so early, whatever. We get through lift. Once once you get through lift Friday morning, it's like, oh, like everybody's like kind of excited for the weekend, excited for the football game, excited for practice in the afternoon. And yeah, you know, once you kind of get through that, that whole like Friday morning to Sunday afternoon with football, that whole kind of two to three day, two day, whatever it is, weekend. Those those were always probably my best memories. Where you know you're all you're with your best friends and you're just, you're going to the football games, you're going to tailgates, you're going you know you're going out on a Friday night, you're watching football on a Sunday. That that whole like you know timeline of a weekend. Those are gonna be my favorite memories probably in college. And those you know it's 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 awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree with you there. There, you know, unfortunately, you know, with me having a, a lot of this, a lot of my, you know, college experience during COVID, I have had, yeah. I, I had some of that, you know, a, mm -hmm. a good part of that. My freshman year was able to get mm -hmm. over to some Bryant baseball games last mm -hmm. year and, and, you know, even call some of them and do some announcing mm -hmm. for them, which was pretty cool. Got mm -hmm. to, you know, got to talk with some of those guys like Tyler Madison, who's a pitcher there yeah. and some other yeah, individuals. Him, too. Actually, this, this, uh, this summer I met him. Yeah. yeah. Cool dude. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was able to I actually just interviewed him earlier this summer, which mm -hmm. was which was really great to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, kind of going off COVID, you know, you know, you had like I, you had like two pretty normal semesters, you know, before COVID, mm -hmm. you know, even became a reality. So, you know, you can you can kind of really speak to it. You know, what was it like in your mind, like in those two semesters, you know, kind of maybe I, it might have been like more like one and a half. But mm -hmm. in like those one and a half years, like before COVID with like baseball and training and everything mm -hmm. like that how would you say like it differ like once you know everything like that came into play yeah i honestly for us it didn't really change too much honestly it was you know we had a similar schedule there are obviously more restrictions about you know how yeah. many people can be in a room how many you know masks can be worn stuff like that but like the physical schedule outside of classes being online stuff like that for baseball is pretty similar before and after covid that's um, good so i mean like i said we we would usually lift four times a week Monday Tuesday Thursday Friday at you know 6 a.m that was kind of the thing I think maybe this year got pushed back to seven o'clock but that's what, what was our schedule and then you know we start practice around noon or one and we get early, like five or five or so mm -hmm. um, so that was pretty much our schedule all three years there no matter what was going on with COVID uh, like I said it was just kind of different restrictions you couldn't be in the same room as somebody or you have to wear masks you could have different stuff like that but yeah it's all um, of crap for the schedule, at least it was, it was pretty, it was pretty similar. I thought. Well, that's good that you guys didn't have to kind of like change as much when that yeah. went down, obviously mm -hmm. when everything kind of first broke out, what was it, what was it like when, uh, when coaches announced you guys that the season was gonna, you know, kind mm -hmm. of unfortunately take, take that kind of a turn. Yeah. So we were on the plane to, to TCU actually to play them for spring break. Nice. Um, we were going out to play TCU, like same Houston state maybe. And then one other team, um, we're playing TCU on a weekend series, same Houston State in the midweek, and then we were playing somebody else that next week, and I forget who, but um, we were on the plane, and we started seeing that 
you know, like the SEC was, you know, starting to push back their season, like starting to, you know, delay some stuff for a couple of weeks. And then we saw once we got to the hotel, it was like all oh, the Big Ten, like, you know, they're doing the same thing, pushing back their season. And then our coach called us into the meeting room at the hotel and basically said, yeah, like the NCAA canceled the season, you know, and that was at the point where the NBA was, I don't know if it was canceled or postponed or whatever. There was something going on with that. And, you know, it was, it was obviously, you know, it sucked to hear that, especially with the start we had to the year, two years ago. Um, but I was glad that it, we were fortunate enough to have basically the same team back this, this year um, as last year we met, we, we lost one kid. It was a senior who you know had a job lined up, so he didn't end up coming back, but, uh, the rest of everybody came back and, you know, we had pretty much the same team with no, with added freshmen. So, you know, this year was another good year where we were, we were really talented and we knew that. So, um, but I guess after hearing that, it was tough. I think we all took a little bit. We're sad and kind of, you know, felt for the seniors more than me just because, you know, I was younger, but, you know, at that point, the seniors and the juniors, those older guys don't really know if, you know, that's going to be their last year playing baseball in college or not. So, yeah, you know, we took a little bit. And then after that, we went out to dinner as a team. And then, you know, we kind of hung out together and then flew back the next morning. And once we got back to the college park in Maryland, we, you know, all hung out as a team, kind of did our thing and then went home. And I think it was a couple of weeks into the the quarantine that they announced that they would be, you know, you'd be able to bring back the the seniors and the, the older guys who who – was going to be their last year so mm-hmm. that was a good thing to hear yeah i was really glad to hear that they were gonna give that extra year of eligibility that was you know i was glad that they were you mm-hmm. know able to extend that for those guys yeah yeah you know you know kind of going off all that stuff you know you know you know going throughout your entire kind of college process you know what was it like you know i i kind of i'm kind of curious to see what was it like for you when, you know, you talked about stepping on the mound to face, you know, other teams and, you know, face and face live teams again, you know, mm-hmm. obviously that excitement was there. Was there a moment for you in college where there was kind of like, where, where there was a moment where you kind of like realized and you were like, Oh shoot, like I'm pitching in college baseball. Like I'm actually doing this thing right now. Um, I thought honestly, it was probably this year. I didn't, you don't really think about it when you're in the moment like that. Like you're not really yeah. thinking like, Oh, like I'm playing a Division One team right now. Like I'm playing at college because, like, in high school you're like, oh, we're playing, you know, Algonquin today. We're playing Wachusett today. It's like, oh, we're still going to high school. And it's like that team turns into, oh, we're playing Michigan today, and it's just like that. It's like a completely different level. And I think that for me, since I was kind of like I missed the season, I didn't play my freshman year, so I didn't get like the the freshman, you know, big stargazy eyes. And I'm going to the first stadium for the first time, but I thought this year when I was talking to the freshmen this year, I was like, like, this is their first time playing in a COVID year. This is kind of like not normal for them. Like kind of mm-hmm. asking how, like what they were thinking of it and how they were doing, like kind of making sure they were prepared to go into the first weekend. They were, I was like, oh, was it crazy for you guys yet? And they were like, it's just weird that you've been watching these schools on TV your whole life. And now like we're playing Michigan State and that's, yeah. that's what we're opening up with. And I was like, yeah, I guess, like, I never thought about it that way, but, like, yeah, we're playing, like, Michigan State, and that's, you know, like, big-name college you watch on TV all the time. Like, we're about to play them right now, so. Yeah. But I, after that, you know, you kind of just settle into the game and just like any other game. Yeah. No, I mean, mm-hmm. just, uh, just to kind of have that experience is is crazy. Were mm-hmm. there were there ever any moments where, where, where you – where you kind of like looked and you saw it and you saw like, Oh, I'm on like, like eventually like, you know, it was after the game, but it would be like, Oh, I was like on like, you know, national TV today. And it's like, yeah, this, this is kind of crazy. Was, uh, 
Yeah, that's a little bit crazy. I think we, we were on the Big Ten Network televised a decent amount of our games, like being on that, being on ESPN for the tournament, just stuff like that. that that's cool. I think like that's something you also don't really like worry about or think about during the game, but it's exactly like after the game, like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, to see like actual like you know high quality highlights that weren't taken on yeah. an iPhone. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. it's like it's like wow, that quality is amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the, the tournament. We were in the tournament. They did a pretty good job at ESPN. They did a good job. The Big Ten Network does a pretty good job too. Yeah, um, but yeah, right. yeah, I, I figured as much. Uh, you know, when you know the next thing I want to get into, you know, that kind of concludes what I have in terms of uh, your college career and things like that, you know, transitioning a little bit into, uh, you know, now, now, you know, professional baseball and everything like that, you know, you, you ended up getting drafted by the White Sox and mm-hmm. with the 96th pick in the third round of the draft, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of walk me through what was that whole like draft process? Like, I know you'd been through it a little bit in high school, but, mm-hmm. to, but, you know, when did you kind of declare that you were going to be going for the draft? And then once mm-hmm. you did, like, what was it like, you know, going through that whole process. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I think since high school, I, like I said, I went through it a little bit, but not to this extent I did this year at all. Um, yeah. So, I mean, since high school, I've been in contact with a lot of guys kind of over the years, they were just, you know, checking in, seeing how things going. And this year um, I didn't really know how it was going to be in college. Honestly, I didn't know. Cause we didn't have, we had a couple guys drafted, but never, nobody kind of like crazy high. Um, so I didn't know like what the scout situation would be in college if like because there's more video in college too. So you can guys, you know, if you send a guy to a game, you can watch video on the guy. And it's like mm-hmm. you don't necessarily like have to be at the game to scout the kid. Whereas in high school, it's like you've got to be there or else you're you're not getting any video of it. You or have else. you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So um going into this fall, especially with COVID too, I was like, oh, I have no clue what um like the situation like what it's going to be like this fall or this spring for the you know scouting um in my first first outing of the fall in my inner squad there were 25 scouts in the stands i was like okay like it's a little bit different than before and um that you know continued throughout the fall and then when we got to the winter and the off season we i did my meetings i you know met with every single club over zoom um it was you know it took about an hour or so i would do depending on the day you know two or three a day and kind of just crush them out for a, a week or two and then going into the season it was a lot of you know talking to clubs talking to guys kind of people asking you with the updates stuff like that and then we opened up at in Greenville South Carolina for a game against Michigan State mm-hmm. I threw in that and that you know there were probably I can't even tell you 40 50 scouts of that game um that's crazy <laughs> and so at that point I was like okay it's a little bit more real than this time but other than the last time um but then like like you kind of settle in you get used to it and you know i don't even really see like my my pit when i'm pitching it's just like catch her down that was all I'm focused on so uh but it was fun and then going through the after the season was more stressful than probably during the season because during the season you go baseball to worry about and you're not really thinking about the draft or anything like that and um after the season ends, you're kind of you get we had like this weird period of like you know, three weeks of a kind of like a lull period between the draft and um the end of the season. So for me, I went to the combine in North Carolina this year, the first time they did that. So that was a cool experience. That's actually where I met where I met Tyler um down there. And oh nice. That was, you know, kind of crazy meeting with more teams again. And then you know, you do the pre-draft workouts, you go out to the, some stadiums and you know, work out for some teams. And then draft day itself was, was pretty crazy. Honestly, I, 
night one went by. I knew I probably wasn't going to go night one. Um, kind of going through the draft, my agent and I talked about where the range we'd probably expect to be in. And um, going into it, we were like, yeah, we're probably going to go somewhere in like the the 50 to 70 range, like overall. Um, and that was the money I kind of wanted. And, you know, going into it the, the next morning after the first night, first night was just round one. So round two started the next day. And, you know, I called my agent at like noon, maybe 11 o'clock noon, an hour or two before the draft started. And we kind of just went over our game plan again, what we're going to do going into the draft. And he called me and said, um, yeah, like the White Sox at 57, like they're, they're, they're looking at you there and they're probably, you know, if you're there, that that's a good shot. You go to them. I'm like, okay. Um, Cause he was my, the, my agent also had the White Sox first round pick. Okay. Um, so he'd been talking to them kind of all day the night before. So he'd been in contact with them and that pick started approaching. I was sitting there, my phone didn't go off. And I was like, oh, like pick probably 55 came. I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to White Sox thing. Cause I'd probably get a call. And uh, after that, I was like, okay. So, I mean, we still kind of, I talked to pretty much every single team in the next 10 to 12 picks. My phone just kept sitting there, not ringing. I was like, man, this is, this sucks. And <laughs> kind of going through the thing and we got to pick like 60, 65, maybe. Um, it was the, like a couple of picks before the Orioles were picking at 65. And I had been talking to them a ton. Their doctors looked at me at the combine. I flew out to their stadium to do a workout down there. And I was like, okay, like I saw my phone ring at like pick 63. And I was like, okay, I can probably go to the Orioles. My agent called me and goes, all right, like hold tight. Nothing's really forming right now. Like I'll be in contact with you. It's like, all right. Couple more picks go by, and yeah, we had set the floor at a certain amount of money for you know how much I wanted and how much it was going to take to sign me. And you know, that was we had a game plan going in of how much or the amount we were going to get. And then he called me after that pick and was like, Do you still want me to set the floor? What we talked about, you know, we're getting to the point where anything that you get picked with now, they're going to have to sign you for over slot. And I was like, Yeah, we'll keep the floor there. Um, and then the White Sox were fortunate enough to come around and, and have enough money in the third round to go over slot and sign. So, you know, at the end of the day, it was it was an awesome feeling. I think to have my friends and family and everything around me too, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to to hear name to hear your name, you know, called on the MLB Network and all that mm-hmm. stuff. How surreal was that for you? I thought so. I honestly thought it was more surreal getting the phone call from my agent, like, yeah, going to White Sox, like that. Yeah. That was probably like one of the craziest things was, you know, and it, it was at that point too, like, like I said, my friends and family were there, but I kind of stepped into a different room to talk to him once we kind of started getting later in the draft, just because at that point we had a lot more serious conversations to talk about whether like, you know, because it is like, if I don't get the money, it's like, do I go back to school? Like, what's my yeah. plan there? And it's, um, at that point, it was just me, and my mom, and my dad, and in another room. And once I got the call from him, you know, we were all we were all obviously really happy. And going back into the room, it was like a a five pick uh, waiting period between like when I got the call saying you're going to the White Sox, and I had to wait five picks for the White Sox to actually call my name. That's crazy. Um, so to kind of know something in advance like that, like yeah, how how weird is that kind of a is a, of a feeling? Because like you know when when you're watching it on MLB Network, like I I think uh I think it's Jonathan Mayo who makes who yeah. makes the selections like later on mm-hmm. those rounds, 
and like it's just like speed like rounds like, they'll, like yeah. they'll, they'll do like a quick thing on on the pitcher or in like or, or you know pitcher in your case but on yeah. you know in any other case they'll just be like they'll be like oh this guy's the second baseman he's from he's from arlington texas this is his thing mm-hmm. and uh here's a clip of him and then yeah. they go right back to it and it's like all right yeah. all right jonathan hit him again and so it does go fairly quick but mm-hmm. to kind of like but to kind of be like you know like to, to kind of like just be sitting there and and kind of be like oh like the people in this house are kind of like the only, and you know, obviously the white Sox are like mm-hmm. the only people that know this news right now. Like, yeah. Like how weird is that kind of a feeling when, when it's like, no one else knows this yet. Mm. Yeah, no, it is. It was a little weird. That's why I was thinking like the call was more surreal than the, the pick on TV. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I already knew I was going there and the TV kind of just like reaffirmed that. So it was, it was fun. Though, Cause I, I came back into the room and everybody was like, you know what's the deal? I was like, I'm going to White Sox. Everybody kind of like went crazy then, and then we had to wait for the pick, and then people went crazy again. So yeah, um, it was cool that I did notice once the second round started because the beers prior usually the first two rounds are on night one on TV, and then the next rounds are you know you go through on MLB Network or whatever. But I didn't really realize how fast the picks would go by once it started, and I was like, the first five picks went by in like two minutes, and I was like, oh my god, like this is getting on me kind of like I get this. <laughs> but, no, they, uh, they speed around it. <laughs> yeah. So that was a little bit crazy, but like I said, at the end of the day, it was, it was a fun day. And, you know, we got, got a great opportunity with the White Sox and I'm, you know, I'm happy with where I'm at. Yeah. You know, kind of after, after the celebration, you know, kind of, you know, rings out, what was it like to, you know, kind of just be around all those people? Like what would, what would you kind of, would you guys, you know, kind of just do like that night, you know, kind of mm-hmm. just like hanging out, like, you know, just, you know, stuff like that. What was, uh, what was kind of like you know the after kind of uh you know period like that so i got picked at probably like 2 30 um 2 mm-hmm. bish and you know like i said at that time i probably had 10 or 15 of my friends over um, my girlfriend was there my, you know my parents grandparents stuff like that um so you know once that happened we kind of just all started celebrating and the draft it was on monday so it was kind of like a weird time monday afternoon where yeah. like a lot of people were working so after like so we were probably celebrated by ourselves. We we're probably, you know, 20, 25 of us in total um, at my house and we ate food, you know, we kind of celebrated. And, you know, once like three, four or five o'clock started rolling around, that's when, you know, everybody started pouring in, getting out of work. And <laughs> I don't even know how many people were at the house eventually <laughs> at night, but it was, it was a fun night. We stayed up, you know, we, it was the home run derby was that day too. Oh shoot! Um, <laughs> so we kind of, you know, we celebrated all day, watched the home run derby. I had a bunch of my friends over. It was a good time. That derby was awesome. I don't know about yeah. you, but that thing was, I mean, Pete mm-hmm. Alonso just, you know, completely dominating that thing. But mm-hmm. th- that was, that was one of the better derbies, you know, in the past yeah. couple of years. That was awesome Definitely. to see. I remember mm-hmm. watching that and that was, that was really good. I remember Shohei kind of just like did not perform whatsoever. And everyone, yeah. was, like, everyone was like, what the heck is happening? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, but no. So, you know, you know, now, now being a part of, you know, the White Sox organization, what is your life, you know, in the, what is your life kind of as a minor leaguer, you know, obviously, you know, you know, you got drafted. It was like, what, just like over about a month or so ago at this point. Yeah. Yeah. About a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. Just about a month ago at this point. So, and you know, the little bit of, and the little amount of time that you've, you know, kind of been, you know, in professional ball, what's that Mm kind of been like? It's been fun. It's uh, we have, so I'm out in Arizona now. We had a training camp in, in Birmingham, Alabama, where their double A is for about a week or so um, before coming out here. Just the new draft guys kind of getting used to the whole 
schedule and the situation are throwing, ramping up a little bit. And then we came out here and we, I was telling you kind of before the show started, we have games on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then mm-hmm. Wednesday is like a shorter practice day and Sundays are off day. So, I mean, it's definitely busy. Um, we get to the field usually at like 12 or so. And we're there till you know, nine at night. So, I mean, it's a full day, but you know, it's enjoyable and it's like, it's not on the go all the time necessarily. It's more, you know, we'll practice, we'll do our early work from, or we'll get there at 12, we'll eat lunch, we'll get stretched out by the trainers, get our like kind of treatment in. Then we'll go, you know, lift or do whatever we have to do in the weight room. Then we'll go kind of stretch out. We'll go do our early work. We'll practice, we'll throw, and then we'll come back in get another meal, chill, get a recovery in. And then we go into the game. If you're pitching that night, you go pitch. Um, the good thing is like, I'm just starting here. So like the starters don't have to show up to the field and the days are pitching until whenever they want to get ready for the game. So that's, a little bit of a you get your mornings and some early afternoon in on those a, days so um, yeah, that's, that's nice. kind of a plus yeah yeah uh, are, so the, are these games uh are these games like inner squad or are they like act, you guys compete against actual other uh you know like we, clubs we we play other clubs like yesterday i pitched yesterday we, i pitched against the dodgers club yesterday okay um nice. so it's just like kind of all the all like the, the arizona complex teams like everybody's my league team we just kind of play each other yeah. Is this kind mm-hmm. of like a, uh, is this more of a like rookie ball kind of situation situation? Yeah. Where are you in right now? Is that, is that the level you're at right now? Yeah. So I'm in rookie ball right now. They sent all their, we sent all our draft guys to rookie ball to start. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what I'll be doing as far as the end of this year goes, whether I'll be moved up or whether they'll just keep me here and kind of have me throw down here to keep some eyes on me. But uh, yeah, through yesterday, through an inning yesterday, um, it went well. And I think we're just going to kind of wrap up and I'll probably maybe up to three innings. Um, but I don't think I'll go much over that just because I, I threw a lot this year and they don't want to blow me out too early, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Are they, are there any fall leagues that they're looking to possibly get you in anything like that or, mm-hmm. or yes. So we all have instructional league will instructs right after the season. Uh, it'll probably runs like early, mid October. Okay. And then from there, then we'll be, you know, done go home for the off season and then we'll come back in february march whenever spring training starts nice that Mm -hmm. that that's pretty that's pretty nice so Mm -hmm. you know obviously you know the spring training thing is you know different than you know probably the spring Mm -hmm. training we see on tv what is i mean i know you haven't gone through it yet at this point Mm -hmm. from but from what you've heard what is that kind of like i heard it's it's kind of similar to what we're doing now where you you work out you practice in the day and you got some games at night you get some games later afternoon Mm -hmm. uh so I'm assuming pitchers, if they, every organization is kind of different, but I'm assuming pitchers, if you're not throwing, you're kind of, you know, doing everything you need to do during the day. And I'm not sure if you go home or not, but um, you're, regardless, your nights, late afternoons will be, you know, you're either watching a game or going home. Um, so I'm guessing that it will be a similar length day, but I'm not entirely positive sure. I know that instructs this fall will be we end a little bit earlier than we do here. So that'll be nice to kind of get the back end of the day free. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. You know, mm-hmm. another another thing I was kind of wondering about is, you know, when you eventually did end up signing, I I you did end up going out to uh to the White Sox actual ballpark. Am I correct yeah. about that? Yeah. So you mm-hmm. ended up going out to a guaranteed rate field. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, when when you had like the whole contract put 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 in front of you and you had like and you saw that White Sox had mm-hmm. In my mind, if I saw if I just saw a White Sox hat, White Sox hat leave, like on a table, I, I would just be like, oh, who, like who dropped their hat? Like, and it's like, yeah. wait, like, 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 I, 
how how weird did it feel like put on like the hat of like of like a major league ball club and but like mm-hmm. realize like you're not wearing this just because you like the hat like that's actually yeah. now the team you're repping like yeah i don't even think that's said in yet like i put the uniform on there yesterday for the first time and really i was i didn't even like the yesterday i made my first start yesterday and mm-hmm. um putting like that off the first time put the hat on like this doesn't even feel like it, i don't know it just doesn't feel real i guess <laughs> I, I think that because you're so focused on playing the game it's like that doesn't even you're not so worried about the other stuff you're just kind of focused on doing your job and yeah yeah it's it's a little bit crazy i think Sign of the contract. I expected the contract to be this like huge, like formal written document with little <laughs> type, like little tiny font. And the contract was actually pretty like it Amazing. looked like a like a school paper or something like that. It didn't <laughs> look that official. So that that kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought it was gonna be more look like a legal document. It was more just kind of like, <laughs> looked like someone just typed it up on the word or something like that. That's actually that's really mm-hmm. funny. Like I like there's like all little like short little clauses in there, yeah. things like that. It's just it's uh-huh. like and if he does break this violation, no. yeah, yeah. It was uh, it's long though. It's probably I don't even know how long. I got a copy of it over my backpack. It was probably ten or twelve pages. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, you sign like four lines, and it's like okay, the rest of it is just a bunch of bulk to read eventually. <laughs> but yeah, it's like don't do anything. Don't like break the law and you're going to not get paid it's like okay yeah obviously i'm not going to do that yeah don't do roids it's like yeah, yeah. We, we, we got it <laughs> it's like we got it uh yeah but nah man uh you know i've been really psyched to have you on the to have you on the show today it's been mm-hmm. you know it's been a great episode interviewing you before mm-hmm. you before i do uh before i do kind of you know let you go and uh you know let you enjoy the rest of this off day i'm really glad that you did join me on a sunday yeah. uh you know mm-hmm. You know, very glad, very glad I was able to get you on for that. But before I do let you go, I wanted to ask, you know, you know, going forward, you know, with, you know, baseball wise and, you know, just life in general, what, what are some mm-hmm. goals that you kind of have for yourself, you know, obviously on the field, but as well as off. Mm-hmm. I think starting with on the field, you know, obviously you want to make up to the big leagues and help, help the White Sox win as soon as possible. You know, I don't want to put like a, like a timeline or a year, you know, I want to be up by this year or yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Just because you don't, I feel like guys do that and they start to feel into the thing where it's like, oh, if I'm not meeting my goal or if I'm ahead of schedule or behind schedule, like you kind of get more consumed with that. For me, I'm just trying to go out every day and improve and, you know, be more consistent every single day and, you know, just perfect my craft and then the rest will take care of itself. So, you know, I guess my goals on the field would be, you know, get into the big leagues as quick as possible and then. You know, from there, just help them win. You know, I want to win World Series. I want to win a Cy Young. I want to do all this stuff that, you know, you dream of doing with a kid. So uh, the first step of that is just getting to the big leagues and getting yourself established up there. And so I guess on the field, that would be that. Um, off the field, honestly, I, I'd i say I'm probably – I'm looking to get a place down in, in Nashville or Florida for the offseason. So that would be a, a, a cool thing off the field. And you know, getting set up down there and, and find, you know, I'd be training down there in the off season, but yeah, yeah, getting, getting the, the new area figured out, I guess this, this winter, um, that's like kind of the immediate future for me, I guess. Well, the Florida area is obviously great. So I think you'll, yeah. uh, you'll definitely, you know, find a nice home down there, you know, mm-hmm. especially, especially with a nice signing bonus, you'll, uh, yeah. you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll definitely be able to find a, you know, a good mm-hmm. area to a good area to, you know, have yourself going down mm-hmm. there. 
But Sean, obviously, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's mm-hmm. been a blast having you on. But I think it is unfortunately, I think it's unfortunately time to say that we are now down to the wire, which means that I'm going to do a quick little wrap up of what we talked about in this interview today, and we'll send you guys on your way. Obviously, we welcome Sean Burke, uh, you know, minor league pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, into the onto the show today. Had a great interview with him. Talk about you know baseball in his early years through college and even up to what he's doing right now in the minors. And, you know, all in all, it was a great interview. Sean, thank you so much once again for coming on, man. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. And, you know, before I close out, if you're not following down the wire at this point, what the heck are you guys doing? You know, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find us. But, and, you know, as well as YouTube and many other hubs too. But the main hub you can reach us through is our Instagram. You can follow that at down.tothewire on Instagram. Again, at down.tothewire. Sean, if there's anything you want to shout out at this time, I'll let you do that. No, thanks for having me on. Go, yeah, just go follow the Instagram. Thank you so much, man. Uh, but you know that kind of concludes what we have today. So from down the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Sean Burke, and we hope you guys have a good one. Take care.